0: If your footwear is out of date, head to RunwaySneakerCloset.BigCartel.com. That's RunwaySneakerCloset.BigCartel.com, where they're committed to bringing the latest brands and quality shoes from Nike, Adidas, Puma, and the Jordan brand. Again, that's RunwaySneakerCloset.BigCartel.com.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to After Hours Live for the Man Cave. This is your host, Tay Wicks.
0: This your co-host, Mark Singh.
1: Man, first and foremost, I know everybody say, hey. Man, these guys talk about basketball all the time. Right now, it's the NFL season and everything. Right now, so far, some people teams are up, some people teams are down. So far, you got some teams. You got what's the name two and zero? The Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen. Even know he said it's only one team in New York, so he basically called up the Giants and the Jets. And both of those teams yes. are only zero and two. So you look at the Buffalo Bills two and zero. He getting off to a great start, even though it's not against great teams. But at the same time. This Buffalo Bills team last week was down 16-0 against the Jets, came back and beat the Jets in the fourth quarter scored 17 unanswered points to win the game. And you that's how they won the game on defense. Are right, we going to switch gears? The hot topic so far been about the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Huh. The uh, PWE, uh, the Wee team. <laughs> man, I like the first week giving up 59 points. Losing to fifty nine to ten, and you follow this up this week, losing to the Pats 43-0 at home. Who's watching saying? that game on TV for a hot second, I changed. One. I seen more blue and red jerseys, and I seen white and orange jerseys playing at the Rock. Was it? I think it's the Rock. The Rock Cafe Stadium there in Miami. The Dolphins look awful. Their Damn. players are complaining about they want to be traded. Now, Marcus, what is your take? On that, like for for them to get off to a bass hard day, they didn't want to be traded after two games of the season.
0: That's terrible. Th- those quitters. Quitters never win and winners never quit. And they quitting early. Two games in, they already throwing in a white. Right? That's crazy. You know, uh like Michael Jordan said, if you don't think we can win, you get off the bus. They need to just get off the team. Ooh. They need to be cut. I mean, they're still getting paid. You know, they
1: money, they need to be cut, in my opinion. Now listen to this. The Browns were 0-16 a couple of seasons ago, right? Or yeah, two seasons rather, right? two seasons ago. The Browns were 0-16. Two two years. That team never one time complained about they want to be traded. They went out there and played. They compete. This team, the Miami Dolphins, is not competing. They're not trying to win. They're just laying it down out there. And I'm hearing now about the Miami Dolphins that Mika Fitzpatrick is all, he just got there. He's already up. He's in on the trading block. He's on the trading block. There's it, it, no it, reason
0: it that an NFL
1: team should not score one point on their home field, and the other team score half a hundred. And people always talk about how bad the Cleveland Browns was. Oh, this team is terrible. This Miami Dolphins team, but through these brown eyeballs, this is probably the worst team that I have seen in a long time. It' been some rough teams out there, but this team right here, Brian Fitzpat, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they call it Fitz Magic. I don't know if he ran out of the magic or what. But this team cannot move the ball down the field how they want. Defense looks stagnant. They can't line up right. A lot of penalties. Then on top of that, you got the Patriots come there. Antonio Brown, first first time in a Patriots uniform, scores a touchdown, which I thought was offensive pass interference. A.B. always gets away with that little push. And referees never see it. He scored a touchdown. He went straight into the stands. He did his thing. Business is booming. And currently, <laughs> two businesses booming, scored a touchdown. The allegations came over. The young lady who talked to the NFLPA people today said the only reason she came out with that type of noise and that type of threat to Bob, she falsely accused, always give people oh. a chance, oh, she falsely accused Antonio Brown right. of rape. She says she just did it because, you know, he was acting out of pocket. She was... She was worrying about his well-being. We didn't worry about her well-being. It was all good a week ago. If he did pay you, whatever. But to come out in the national news and social media, the world that we live in with social media, people pick up stuff and run with it. Allegedly, allegedly she had people believing that. To come out and say that, that makes him look bad as a player or as a person. Then you tell the people in the NFLPA, you just did it just because you want to see where his head was at. You could have called him. That looks bad on her behalf. So when women, when they really say they're getting raped out here, and women do get raped, you go out here lying, people won't believe you because you're already selling whoop tickets. So I don't like that. I definitely didn't like that. Be If you're going to be real, be real. Don't be fake. And try to assassinate the man's character. And if you know dang on well he didn't do it, he posted pictures of you on his social media, and y'all are having a good time. It's, I mean, there's plenty of
0: things you can accuse a man of. Well, sexual right. assault is in this day and age is not really one of them. Yeah, dirty.
1: Exactly, and what she did that was very dirty. And you, and you, if I was Antonio Brown, I'm definitely crossing her name off my list. I would definitely cross her. you don't want to be, you don't want to be nobody like that's toxic. That make you look bad, man. right? She try, she made do you look bad do for not a whole four days, you. right? Don't call me, get lost. <laughs> But then again, the man with the blue mustache might just go back just because. <laughs>
0: yeah, he still ain't all there,
1: right? So you got Lamar action, Jackson. The critics were saying, like, I, mean, I was, I was part of no critics. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I said I was the one of the guys. Believe, like, can can he actually throw the ball? Can he move the ball downfield? Can he take some hits? This two weeks in a row, this man has lit the ball, lit, lit, lit it up for 100-some yards rushing, 200 yards passing, and they win winning games. And Baltimore always had a respectable, a respectable defense. When you're looking at Lamar Jackson and the offense they run in, it, it's almost like the same type of offensive style that he was used to when he was at Louisville. Throwing for, two, throwing for like right. four touchdowns and getting two on the ground. So I'm looking at him, and he always say when he has a good game in, at his press conference, not too bad for a running back. Cause everybody can call him a running back. Uh, if I had to compare him right now to one person behind him that can move, the, that can move the ball downfield like that, pass the ball, and run his legs, I'm, it got to be Michael Vick. It got to be Michael Vick. Cause Michael Vick was dangerous, but people never give respect to the real, the real person who started this scrambling quarterback stuff. Randall Cunningham. He was the first I seen he have done it. Played in the CFL, then come into the NFL. And put up these same type of numbers. Warren Moon. Then you get your Michael Vicks and people forget about the Cordell Stewards of the World who was, you know, Cordell Stewart, aka slash who could move down the field, Donovan McNabb, all the boys up there that was doing that thing. But when you look at Lamar Jackson, what is the one thing you like about his game that you have seen so far as a week two of the NFL season, Marcus?
0: Um he knew he got better. Last year sure he wasn't uh I think that efficient at throwing. So mm-hmm. far this year, he's been good. But I think we, you know, we led off with the Dolphins. That's one of the wins. I think we got. We can't do it too soon because he beat the Dolphins. So I don't know how real it is.
1: Mm-hmm. When you when you when I see Lamar Jackson, he is push. He's pushing that ball downfield. I'm looking like, wow, no problem. Taking his time, reading the defense, and. And that's one thing I'm going to say that he probably have better than Cam Newton. Cam Newton could not read a defense, but Lamar Jackson is back there doing his thing. When I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, you're just looking at what he's doing, man, he controls the game. Then he, got a, then he got Antonio Brown's little cousin over there, Hollywood Brown, doing the same thing, catching deep balls. His separation speed is like no other I've seen. He might be up there with the Tyree Hills who had the separation speed. I mean... I mean, what can you say? What can you say about a guy like that? Move the ball down the field. Efficient. Think, uh-huh. And he, he, he
0: makes decisions way faster than Cam Newton. Cam Newton just be – he like big Ben. You know, who we going to get to eat? When they get back there, when they do, they drop. And they just uh-huh. survey the field forever. And that's how you get injured. That's how you get balls batted. That's how you get fumbles. And um, All right, right. Lamar Jackson has – you know, he, he making his decisions quick, whether that's going to be running the ball, quick screens. Even a long ball, you know, he gonna he's gonna make the decision quick, which is uh, part of his approval.
1: Right. And and speaking of that, you looking at so we you know this is all our quarterback take, Cam Newton, Cameron Jamal Newton. Uh <laughs> Jamal the sho- <laughs> Yeah, the shoulder to me, I think he's still I think he's still hurt, not fully hell, fully healthy. I think when people ask me by me living in the Charlotte area, watching the Panthers play. They're trying to make Cam Newton into this pocket style quarterback. They've been trying to do this for the last like four years. You know, Cam Newton hasn't had a good season since he was in a Super Bowl. And he lost to the Denver Broncos. And I'm looking at Cam Newton. He's not the same. He's pressing too hard and he's trying to do too much. He's he's thinking too much out there. It's just just relax and make the throw. He's overthrowing his receivers two and three yards down the field. And Second of all, he's not the same with the speed. He's not getting up the pocket fast enough. He's taking more sacks. He's getting hit more. Uh, I'm looking at the Tampa Bay game. The left tackle for the Panthers, I, I don't recall his name, but the linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hit the left tackle with the same two moves the whole game. Cam Newton has no protection on the left side of the field. Second and foremost, he could not throw the ball no more than ten yards down the field. So that was a given that the shoulder is still hurt and he's not fully healed, fully healthy. Third, when they lost the game to Tampa Bay, when it was on the one yard, on the two yard line, when it's fourth and one, Cam right. normally sneaks in for the first down, which would lead to a touchdown. He didn't. They were in an the RPL on the on the mm-hmm. on the on the yard line with Christian McCaffrey. I met I have I met Christian McCaffrey before. I took a picture with this guy. He's not the biggest running back. He is fast, but he did put on, like I think, 15, 20 pounds of muscle this season. This offseason, he looks great. But the Panthers, since Cam Newton had been here, Cam Newton never had a real, true number one receiver outside of Steve Smith. Right, never. who was announcing the game. <laughs> who was Which announcing was the game fun. and letting them mm-hmm. have it. And, like I said, Cam has really hurt. I, and Cam Newton, after this season, he had one year left on his contract. And would it be, well, I mean, would it be safe to say that Cam Newton probably would not be in a Panthers jersey next year? It's, it's a possibility because they had a hometown guy. It's his backup, which is Will Greer, who's from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's the backup for Cam Newton. So changes this off season. Ron Rivera got two years left on his contract. He may be out too, as well, depending on his season. Right, you're looking at, when you down 0-2 in the NFL season, your chances of making the playoffs is very slim, very slim. So we got sure. him out the way with Cam Newton.
0: <laughs> speaking of, uh, of them, I think, like you mentioned that, that fourth and goal where they lost the game at, I think some of that got to be on Riverboat Bowl, Ryan, because I don't know if he knows Cam is hurt, so he ain't calling his number. But like you said, almost always they call Cam number on that play. And he always get a first now or even in the end zone. So kind of his play calling has been real slighted towards Christian McCaffrey getting the rock.
1: And it's funny you said that because I've been saying that for the last couple of years. Like how's Ron River keeping his job? Don't get me wrong, great coach. But after a while, I think it's time for a new voice. Somebody else to take over to see what's going on. Because there's only but so much that you can get out of these, out of these young guys. It's time for a new voice like how the Panthers how the um the Packers got rid of Mike McCarthy and Brian get Matt LaFleur to bring in somebody new you need a fresh you need a fresh start i think the panthers rely too much on Greg Olson. he, he gets hurt he's been hurt every year for the last three seasons right it's time to move and on that man is is thinking about retirement every year right and the reason he's coming back because him and Cam Newton are tight like I said if you don't have amazon prime out there and no, we are not getting paid to say anything. We have no sponsors, people. We always showing love. You don't have Amazon Prime. You can watch all of nothing for the Carolina Panthers right now. Just something doing the Cleveland Browns. You look at the last couple of seasons. You can look how Cam Newton is really tight with these guys. You know, Cam might get a bad rap and how he is and how he is not that. Watch how he watch how he rally around his teammates. You get a different perspective of Cam Newton. Cam Newton and, uh, and Greg Olson are are together as one. It's like they was like they was born together. They 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 sleep and breathe football. And speaking of them guys, I just think them guys is really hurt. I think just playing out there and just showing their toughness. Because you can never question Cam can Cam Newton's toughness or Greg Olson. Them guys go out there and play no matter what. Um all right we're gonna talk about the new the the news so we got two breaking news that've been coming in all day long. Drew Brees out for four to six weeks with a thumb injury on his throwing nice. hand, which he which he hurt against the Rams. And the Rams had they was ready for this game. The Saints talked all that ruha stuff about the referees and how they not getting no calls and what they shouldn't do. But that Ram defense came out there and David was ready to roll. Aaron Donald, they they defensive up. end. Oh my God. That defense showed up and they showed out. And the, and the Saints defense they have no answer for Cooper Cup. At Cooper, first he was battle oh. the
0: field goal. Cooper Cup, he gotta be like the uh I think he, he taking the man and was the best
1: white <laughs> white wide receiver in the league. <laughs> you sure? Because I think the best white wide receiver to me in the league, I was I think it's Adam Thielen for the Vikings oh, or Thielen or Thielen, he's nice too. <laughs> what else too you looking at? Well, yeah. when you're looking at the the Saints backup quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, who hasn't really played a meaningful down with almost three seasons, and they throw him out there. He didn't, you know, he's still trying to get that that game speed back and that accuracy back. And the that offense was stagnant yesterday. Alvin Kamara barely can even get on the field, run the ball every time he look back. It was like if he got a positive five yard gain, he lost three on the next time. So you're looking at where the Rams defense even got better. Jared Goff, was like even got better. Moving the ball downfield, and you know some key takeaways. where is where where would the Saints will be the next five to six games when Drew Brees come back healthy? Are they uh, over five hundred, right at five hundred, or under five hundred? You call your shot.
0: I'm uh, (laughs) gonna I'm gonna say they they either right at I think they go right I think they go five hundred. I think Teddy Bridgewater is an underrated quarterback. You know, he could have had a starting job this offseason, but he chose to be a backup. So I think, you know, he came in the game, you know, like on a whim, you know, that nobody was expecting Drew Brees to get hurt. So he wasn't really truly expecting to play. So I think next week you're going going to see him much improve with the offense, you know, with reading the defenses, with knowing his personnel. And I think he he can win them, you know, Brees is out six weeks. They can go three and three. I don't know when their bye week is, but they can go three and three.
1: It's a possibility they can do that. I think they'd probably be I think they'd be like two games in the five hundred once Drew Brees come back. And Drew Brees shoulder the lower and take his team to a higher height. So you know he's down. That's gonna be a tough one. You gotta find new things to do. Uh you got Tyreek Hill out six to eight weeks. Uh collarbone or shoulder injury. Uh that's gonna be a tough one. But they still got Patty Mahomes and Patty Mahomes can turn anybody into a star. I think the backup quarterback, I want to believe his name, is Demarcus Williams, who had a – I think he had two touchdowns for over 100 and something yards. Patty Mahomes and Travis Kelsey hookup is not bad. But the one thing that's going to boil down with the Kansas City Chiefs without Tyreek Hill, they lose the Cheetah because the Cheetah can line up everywhere on the field. He can go outside, inside, wherever you're going line them up in that slot receiver spot too. And, and that's going to be very tough. We're going to see how teams adapt. To the Chiefs' offensive play because the, the Chiefs' defense is still not a great defense. Their defense is their offense. So you can't, on their defense, you can't move the ball all downfield, you get stuck in the fourth and three or fourth and four, so you gotta punt the ball away and you already down 7-0, and you put the ball back into Patty Mahomes' hands and you go back down and score a touchdown, you lost. Because from there on, you down 14-0. If you do score 14-7, you still get the ball back with 21-7 and you got you, you pretty much playing catch-up to an offense where you know that you can stop their defense. So it's, it's going to be a tough load because he don't have to go out there and score touchdowns. He can still keep field goals, too. And field goals still can hurt you, too, you still up by a nice, uh, sustainable uh, points out there, Marcus.
0: For sure. I mean, the kicker is the easiest, but uh, most times in a football game, the most critical job on the field. As we saw, you know, with the, with the Bears. A field goal can win the game. So... If you put putting points on the board, that's all that matters. You know, if you t- ask the Miami Dolphins, but they rather have three than zero? I'm sure they'll uh, they, they for them three
1: points. Exactly. All right, moving right along. Big Ben goes down yesterday. Apparently, the elbow pop, You know, what I'm hearing, allegedly they said the elbow could be career-ending to his season or to his career with that elbow. So – they want to see how well he's gonna handle this surgery. See the Kennedy bring him back next year, but you if you keep if, if you hurt that elbow, if you land on it or go through surgery, you hurt it again and pop it, it can be over.
0: Yeah, that's it's never really
1: good. Fast. Not Look for a quarterback. So you're looking at some piece for Big Ben. Got no you got no Antonio Brown. You're merging Juju Smith Schuster to be your number one, got no Le'Veon Bell, you move James Conner into the uh starting running back. He go down with an injury as yesterday. It's a lot of injuries going around Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh, they don't have a good defense. The offense is is sputtering. They give you glimpses of what they can and what they can do. And now since you lose lose Big Ben for the rest of the season, you throw in Mason Rudolph. I think yesterday he went 12 for 16 for 147 yards and two touchdowns, and they still lost. Now he gets the reps up. He can go to practice uh, starting tomorrow to fill in the new the new role and probably learn some things from Ben. But that's, this is going to be a tough season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially being in the AFC North, especially when a team like the Cleveland Browns trying to make their emergence and make their presence feel. So you're looking at where Pittsburgh can easily be knocked out of the play, out of the playoffs and fighting for a first round draft pick. And, this, and the last time Pittsburgh started off the season 0-2 was 2013. So that was
0: like six years ago.
1: Right. And you look at some of the injuries that Big Ben had with over the years. Ankle, ankle, shoulder, uh, arm, elbow. He's hurting the same things over and over due to age. You know, quarterbacks take a pound if you get sacked a lot. You know, Big Ben, he's not the, one of the easiest quarterbacks to take down. It almost take like two to three guys to bring him down. Not one guy can really, really bring him down unless you Aaron Donald and Domakasu. But most mm-hmm. part, most <laughs> right. like two or three guys that break him down. And I think Bit Ben, I wouldn't believe Bit Ben is 37 or 38. Looking at about 37, 38 year old quarterback who's going through some injuries. And and you talk about his time is winding down. For other quarterbacks, you can't we can't say that about Tom Brady. You got a great offensive line. Barely the the man barely get touched his uniform stay powder blue. So, you're looking at Big Ben, you know, Stiller Nation hate that. They hate it because they know the Cleveland Browns is one of the teams that trying to make the emergence. Who could be that new that new look, that new face of the AFC North? And the jury's still out on Mason Rudolph about what he can bring. I know Pittsburgh traded Joshua Doxon, the quarterback from Tennessee. We had like a college degree. I want to say, what, like a rocket science or something like that, political science. So, looking at the guy who was very smart, they got rid of him for – for a future draft pick, but Mason Rudolph, he looked pretty good, but that was late in the game. We were trying to fill the void. The game was already over against the Seahawks. The Seahawks came in there and handled business. And Marcus, in hindsight, will Big Ben, will Big Ben, will this be his last – will, will that be the last time we see Big Ben in the silver jersey, or will he come back next year? Because the things that they say, hey, this could be career-threatening.
0: Man, I, I really think he should probably retire. Like, that's my personal opinion. But I think we'll see him back next year. If we don't see him back the end of this year, people forget, like, you know, Big Ben, he's had a couple season-ending injuries. At least that's what they said. And then towards the end of the season, what do you know? Big Ben is back behind center taking the snaps when he's supposed to be out the whole season. I think, you know, the last injury he had with his ankle, they said he was out for the season. He ended up playing the final couple games. So I think it's likely that he'll be back next season for sure.
1: Okay. You know that's your opinion. I don't think so. I mean, anything can happen. But it may be over. It may be over for that guy. He needs that's to wrap it. Up. I mean, my
0: personal opinion, He should wrap it up. Dude. Like it's this is it. Like even if he come back next year, I, I didn't say it's gonna be good, but I say he'll be come back.
1: Uh-huh. Well, moving right along, we got the Odell Beckham Jr. back in New York, but now. With the Giants with the new look, Cleveland Browns. If you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. That's what the great Freddie Kitchen said. I <laughs> they played that egg last week against the Titans, losing 43 to 13. and you you and you were looking at a team, a group of guys who hadn't really played together, haven't to built that chromology to be as one cohesive unit. They still learn to fly. Uh, you looking at OBJ, who went out there last Sunday and played in a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar Richard Millie watch, and people complaining about it. I heard somebody, I heard the great Warren Sapp said that Odell Beckham Jr. went out there and played like a like a two dollar bill. It's kind of crazy that Warren Sapp would say something like that. This, is a, this. This this he call him a two dollar bill for a guy who don't even, who's pretty much almost close to broke. I probably don't know what two dollars look like. <laughs> can't do it's, Warren like that. <laughs> so, when you come from one of my guys, I'm coming from one of my guys. You can't come from my guys, Warren. I'm not gonna get personal with you, but you cannot say that somebody put like a tr- a cheap two dollar bill. And I thought Odell Beckham played a sub per game. Yes, he, he caught every ball that went his way. Yeah, seven catches for seventy one yards. You call the high
0: Including that uh, bogus pass interference they called on him,
1: uh, right. that
0: and like you said, Antonio Brown get away with all
1: the time, but they called it on OBJ, right? And the referees no. but nobody listen to Warren Sapp. Guys like him trying to stay relevant. Uh, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. The Cleveland Browns will be playing tonight in New York at East Rutherford Stadium, or what they call it—my bad, MetLife Stadium. Now, uh, I I think this is a game that the Browns may get out because you're looking at where. Who's on the injury list for the for the Jets? Sam Darnold is out with Mono. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the rookie from Clemson, uh, 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 Quentin Williams is going to be out. So you are looking at a couple of guys that is are some major pieces to the Jets. And the Browns, it looks like they might have a good old time. You know, I'm looking at TV. They a lot of people got to pick in the Browns to win in 10 We know how that went last time they picked the Browns to win and turn it to an L. And I'm going to be very optimistic. If the Browns come out like game busters and you can run the score up in the first quarter, about 14 points or 17 points in the first quarter, it's going to be a long night for the Jets. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Browns score 35 points. I'm going to say the Jets, it's going to be, thirty. I'd say, 35-10 Browns with the win. I think Odell Beckham will have two touchdowns. I think we're going to see the emergence of what the Cleveland Browns can be if they play their hands right. And what are you expecting from the Cleveland Browns tonight? Odell Beckham Jr., back in New York. Back in Gotham
0: City, I think he' gonna uh, he' gonna show out. I mean, he really need to. The Browns sure need him to. Um, but because of that, you know, that's what the Jets are expecting. You know, they're gonna be expecting the Browns to get a ball to OBJ early and often. So I'm ex. I want to see you know guys like Landry and then Joku, you know, really step it up. And they gotta get the ball is- to Chub more.
1: They gotta get the ball to Chub more. I think you the know, you Browns know, too The Browns i sorry to cut you off. I think the Browns was, was passing, I mean passing the ball too much now. Right. Like every
0: every set was a shotgun pass. And we got like, I think one of the best young running backs in
1: the league. All right. got it, and we gotta treat him like that. Like he's the best running back. Speaking of history tonight, today marks 50 years ago the day that the Browns and the New York Jets played in the first Monday night football game ever. Uh The Cleveland Browns won 7-0. The Jets, at that time, their quarterback was Joe Hollywood Namath. I think (laughs) that was probably the last great Alabama quarterback to actually win a Super Bowl. (laughs) Uh, And the person who scored that touchdown for the Cleveland Browns was Ozzie Newsom, who was the Hall of Famer player and Hall of Famer GM as well, Ozzie Newsom, who stepped down as the Baltimore Ravens GM. He scored that lonely goal and that that game was played in Cleveland. That's back then when commentators could smoke in the booth on live TV. So you're looking at 50 years ago. That's can the Browns rewrite history on a on 100 years of football? But 50 years ago today, can the Browns score more than seven points to beat the Jets? I think it's possible. I say give me the Browns 35 points and, and get the Jets 10. Uh, moving along, we are done. Yeah. Oh yeah, my bad. Before we leave the football, Dez Bryant wants to rejoin the Dallas Cowboys. And what we'll, you tell me does. earlier, Marcus, about Dez Bryant? <laughs> About Desmond Bryant? Yeah, I mean, of course he want to come back. You know, he see uh, waiting
0: out there. He returned. He out there catching touchdown passes. Des like, why not me?
1: He want to join in. <laughs> he want to throw that X back up. And right now, everybody is asking him off their list. Because I think he would still be the New Orleans Saint if he never had that injury out there in practice with the Achilles. But Jerry Jones brain back Des Bryant because what he's seen the young talent he got to our receiver. You got Devin Smith, who was out the lead for three seasons. He comes back. He scored on his first play out there. He scores on a 51-yard touchdown for Dak Prescott. You're looking at Michael Gallup, who's actually right now, he's supposed to be out for the next two or three weeks with an injury. Is there any room for Daz Bryant to be out there in the receiving court to go along with Mari Cooper and them boys?
0: I think there's some room for him, but, you know, his role was really taken up by Amari Cooper last year. You know, a big right. receiver, you know, that that's, you know, possession plays. You know, he, he passes to him with, you know, shorter corners on him. He going to jump right over him. He's real uh-huh. strong with the ball. So th- that was kind of Dez's role on the team. So if he's willing to come back, it's going to be at a much lesser role. You know, he ain't going to be out there as many snaps as he think he is.
1: More of a decoy than anything. When you least expect it, then he catch one and go off. I think I, me me personally, since they brought back Jason Witten, why not bring back Dez? If they said this team supposed to make a Super Bowl run, they one of the favorites to beat in the Super Bowl. Why not bring them back? They kind of got Patrick? to
0: it since they brought back Witten. <laughs> really,
1: <laughs> the fans will open him back with open arms. Man, people love Dez Bryant in Dallas. Don't get it twisted. People want to put back on that eighty eight jersey. I, I can see him coming back to Dallas. Probably not not this week, probably later on in the season, probably like week seven. I can see this happening. It's possible if he stays working out. Yeah, I mean, you
0: know people gonna get hurt. So roster spots is gonna open up. It's gonna be an opportunity for him. So they, they're just gonna have to make sure Dez is the opportunity to get her.
1: All right. Moving right along, folks. The basketball football hour is done. We jump right into basketball. Man. So right now we know off season. Right now, I'm just going to brand this up to people. Just let people know, guess what? We are 100 days away from Christmas. That's so all I wanted to say. That's that's kind of crazy to be thinking about Christmas already. Joe Kim Noah will train with the L.A. Clippers. Do you believe that Joe Kim Noah will be in a Clippers uniform this year or in somebody's uniform this year?
0: I think he's going to play. I don't know if it's going to be for the Clippers. though. I, I don't know. They they need a center, but they really don't. Like they don't. Their style of play is not, you know, a big man style. Like you know, March Montrezl Harrell is their center most time, and he's like barely six six five, six six. So Joakim Noah, old guy, who who's a slow motion type player. I don't know if he fit with the Clippers, but I think he'll play on the team though.
1: It, it just probably won't be a contending team
0: unless he go to the Spurs or something.
1: We knew last year you played for the Grizzlies, and Brunson was the firepower to them. But if you get a Kim Noah on the Clippers team to go along with a Paul George and a defensive-minded Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly, you're pretty much working with something because that team is a threat if they get like some key pieces. You don't, they don't really need guys that can really go out there and score for you. You just need some guys will be some glue guys, guys who go out there gonna give you like 10 minutes and about four or five rebounds, a couple of key defensive stops. I think it would be a good look for Joe Kim Noah. If, even though he's training with them, we heard in the past, a lot of NBA players train with teams, and they don't bring them in when somebody go down to get hurt. So I think, in hindsight, it might be a long stretch before Joe Kim Noah play with a team like the Clippers. You know, he would train with them and see what he still got. Is that motor still there? It's a possibility. Second and foremost, we're going right to the Atlanta Hawks. New rookie acquisition, Cam Reddish how to dupe the sharpshooter. So right now, Cam Reddish still is, he's still not ready to play. He's in, hes is not in the clear to play after going core muscles. I don't even know.
0: That, I mean, what type of injury is that?
1: <laughs> and that got it in the core, that has to be something around either the ribs or the abdominal area. So so basically, you got to pull a muscle somewhere that probably ripped or tore on him. And it's a possibility. He's right now, he, he wanna play, but right now it's looking like he probably won't be ready until this season. He may miss preseason. As I want to say, people, Duke players are injury-prone players. We ha- he Ooh, hasn't yeah. he <laughs> hasn't played a basketball game yet. And he's hurt already. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> all right, and this team got young pieces. And this is the part where you want your young guys to relish. Together with the core, so if you're gonna lose him and you want to see him back to almost the start of the season, you ain't build no continuity out there. You know what I'm saying? They don't know each other where they like to be on the floor. That's kind of tough to lose a person like that already with a core muscle surgery injury. So what that what what that's gonna do? Because this is one of my this is one of the teams I picked to have a surprise year to at least finish at least seven in the East to make the playoffs. Yeah, they do not
0: really need him to to heal quickly. And, and get in sync with everybody, especially with a, a, a player's dynamic as, you know, Trey Young. Right. Those type of guys, you know, they kind of find, you know, who's going to be, you know, they, they're running mates early. And mm-hmm. with him not being there, he, it's going to just kind of knock him out of the rotation, I fear. And with an right. injury like, uh, you know, like a core injury, most of the movements in basketball involves your core imbalance. So it's like, it's going to be real hard for him to get back and the swing of things even when you do come back.
1: Right. Because the team would be so far way past him, and, still you still got to learn to play, but you still got to learn the offensive sets and all this stuff. And it's it's a lot for a young guy, especially a rookie, to ask for. You know, you're not playing once a week or twice a week. You're talking about you're playing anywhere between three to four times a week in the NBA season, and he's already down with the injury. Speedy, hoping, speedy recovery for him. Wish him nothing but the best. Moving right along, Hassan Whiteside. Wants to be Portland's defensive anchor. He don't want to be a scorer. He never was a scorer. He just wanna focus mainly on defense. He wanna be a real protector. So you are looking at their potential starting lineup probably Daniel Lillard, uh CJ McCullough, uh Rodney Hood, um uh what's his name? Yersef Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside. That's a that's a big that's a big lineup right there, especially going into the at the mm-hmm. front court, does Hassan Whiteside has what it takes? Yes. No, I like Hassan Whiteside. I follow him on Snapchat. The guy is a goofy guy, but people don't take him serious. He has to be serious. He got. He got. He need a mean streak about him. If he want, if he want to be a defensive anchor, because there, when you want to be a defensive anchor, there's no nice guys on defense. All the guys that play uh, that you know for a fact that were a true defensive lockdown guys were angry guys. Charles Oakley. Xavier Mandale, a.k.a. X-Man, you, Dennis Rodman. you looking at God, right. even a Draymond Green, Tony Allen. These guys have a mean streak about them, even a Rondo. Even Chris Paul has, has a pit bull. You got to be aggressive. and He got to bring it every night if he want to be the guy. Definitely. I
0: mean, that type of role, you can't be out there all fun the games.
1: Right. You like you got to be the last line of defense. No right. right. So news come out of Charlotte: MJ sells his majority stake to two investors. Is is there? Is this a time that we will see Michael Jordan? Do you think Michael Jordan really going to sell his team because he said he still would be part of control everything? But if you got two investors that bought in stake into the team, you see he would still be hundred percent all hands on. So why you bring in two investors to invest with you if you still want to be 100 percent Because they invest in the team, they part owners with you, they have a say so too.
0: I think he uh the people that that's investing in the team, you know, handpicked. yeah. I think they Mike's guys. You know, they ain't gonna overstep, they gonna pretty much let MJ do what he's been doing. Um, but depending on how much they invest in. Right. people just ain't just ain't gonna let their money just <laughs> go for you know right. nothing. Like they're trying to get a return, so I'm pretty sure they're gonna be in NJ here, you know, <laughs> saying, "Hey, he's not making the best decisions, which he really hasn't been uh, this right. past couple of years." You know, they've been a middling team; they never been, you know, in the top top five of the East. They haven't even really been, you know, uh in the very bottom of the East. They've always been right there, seven or eight. They really haven't made any improvement or any decline. So they're going to be looking at Mike like, we invested money to help you out, really. you got to make some changes.
1: Right. Like, the part, the part that still baffled me, you got MJ. They call him, he got that winning mentality. He won six rings, right? At the same right. time, how do a guy that they call the GOAT of this stature, on this team for almost 10, 11 years. Cannot sign any free agents. I live here. I'm from born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. I live here in Charlotte. Been here for eight years. The eight years I've been here, they made the playoffs once, and they got smoked by the <laughs> 2000 and... I was like, to was say like the 2013 or 2014 Miami Heat. Smoked. And you look at that, whereas MJ, you tell them the city is nice. The weather is nice. People are friendly, and these and the Charlotte Hornets fans are diehard Charlotte Charlotte Hornets fans. They, they they are they are more diehard fans in the Hornets games you see at Panthers games. That is straight facts. I don't care what nobody else tell you. Michael Jordan should be able to go up to anybody and give them contracts. You're giving the wrong players superstar money, and they are not even superstars. For instance, Nicholas Batum, he on a five-year deal, 120 million dollars. Why did you give him that contract? Because you've seen what he did with the Portland Trailblazers. First of all, he was the backup. He was a fourth, I mean, not the backup, he's a fourth player option in the rotation. You got CJ McCullough, Damian Lillard, and you got LaMarcus Aldridge. He got paid what he's doing from behind them. Yes, a looked good when he's getting 19, 10 in certain games or getting triple doubles because he already played behind three superstars. It's easy to get yours when you're playing three superstars and you look good. Now you get the superstar money. And you come to a city like this, and they want you do superstar things. And you play like a, you play like a one, you play like a one star hotel. Like we don't, they don't man up. No, no. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I would never pay for him. Cody, Cody Zeller, never would bring them back. Do you, do you know who the Charlotte Hornets' best player is on their team?
0: I would say it's probably Scary Terry. <laughs> it's
1: Michael Jordan. <laughs> the man is retired. Michael Jordan is the best player on the team, and that's the owner. Yeah, oh, no, but that's terrible. And hi- hindsight, yes, Terry Rozier is your best player, but Michael Jordan is your best player on the team, and he ain't suited up in almost twenty something years. And this is what I, this this is what I'm talking about right here. This was this is this is this is the the granddaddy of them all. The Hornets said they were blindsided when Kimball Walker made the NBA All-13 NBA, make him eligible for a Supermax and putting him out of the price range for the horn. So, our hindsight, Marcus, when I read it, I'm going to read it to you again. You tell me how you feel about this. The Hornets said they were blindsided when Kimber Walker made the NBA All-13, making him eligible for a Supermax and putting the price range out of the way.
0: Man, how you not going to have faith in your best player? <laughs> like, he was hoping he was going to be bad. That's what that says to me. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you say he was blindsided, that means like, damn, this thing was better than what we thought. That makes no sense whatsoever.
1: <laughs> and, and going back to what you were saying, if I own a team or a GM, you want your player to be good. So basically, the Hornets was crossing their fingers and saying, please don't put him on a 13. Please don't put them on a 13. They didn't want him to make no all NBA team, so which he could have got Super Max, and they could have lowballed him. Well, he was making in eight years, you get a Terry Rozier. Three-year deal for $58 million. Kimber Walker is here for eight years is making $58 million. Kimba Walker, whoever is your agent, fire him ASAP. Ain't no way you play eight years in the NBA, you only made $58 million going to All-Star games. You're the all-time leading scorer. You're the all-three-point shot maker. You're the all-time field goal assist leader. You're the all-time free throw shooter. You lead, you like top five in assists here. You're, top, you're like number three in steals here. you pretty much in every category. And I want to piggyback on this. Steven Jackson said it best. Do you know Steven Jackson hasn't played for the Charlotte Hornets at the time? The Charlotte Bobcats probably within, like, seven seasons, Marcus. He is the all-time player usage rated. We're at, like, oh. 65%. That's crazy. So, basically, what they are telling me that the Hornets organization – Treat these guys like buses. They're gonna run these guys to the wheels fall off, to the tires get balled. Look at the players who came through, who got hurt all oh, this Baron Davis, he started off in Charlotte, New Orleans when they moved. Had a bat, his back injuries came with the Hornets. He had a higher, he had a high player usage rate. He was running at fifty-five percent. That means out of a forty-eight minute basketball game, that means my guy is on the floor for. Me. 42 minutes, or 40 minutes. That's a lot of minutes every night. I'm glad Kimba Walker got his money. Kimba Hudley Walker got paid. He's with the, the Boston Celtics. I'm looking forward to him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I grew up in Cleveland. lived here for eight years. I ain't going to lie, man. It's not going to be the same turning to Fox Sports South and, and watching the Hornets. I ain't got no Kimba Walker, man. i I, like, I watched him since I've been here, and it's kind of sad to see him leave. Because he's a nice guy, always showed love to the city, and he carried himself like a true professional. And I'm glad he's with a winner, maybe not the King soft. And a lot of people out there saying he's not a great pickup for the for the soldiers, which I think he is, because he give that end more. So we're going to see. Move right along to Team USA. I told everybody Team USA won not win, when he in one place. for for a medal game. And people looked at me like I was crazy. I'm saying, man, everybody backed out. You put a bunch of young guys together who don't really play in the FIFA game. Right.
0: This was all really, every single guy was like their first taste of Olympic play.
1: Everybody watching these games, they didn't believe in each other. It was like everybody trying to go out there and get their own shot instead of just passing the ball around and make way. All the guys that dropped out and what I'm saying is because, according to Jerry Colangelo, who puts Team USA together and, it, and all that stuff, he said he will remember the players who backed out of Team USA when picking the Olympics team. So he will remember the, t- the players that dropped out when it comes to the Olympics. So you so you telling me if LeBron James, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, and all these guys come together and say, we ready to play for Team USA, you going to tell them no? He a damn lie. Bet not. <laughs> he a damn sleep. lie. He know damn well when it all said and done. Next year when they go to China for the Olympics and they win a gold medal, who gonna be the first person up there trying to get a just some some, some bouquet of roses and get a medal around their neck? It's gonna be Jerry Colangelo. Yeah, I put this team together. I knew we had it. I knew we had to fight. Let's be serious with yourself. Be serious with yourself. I'm gonna read it again because it. When well, he said that, he sounds stupid. Jerry Colangelo <laughs> remembered the players who backed out of Team USA when picking the Olympic team for 2020. No, that's the sink thing,
0: folks. He going to remember to pick them. That's what he's going to do.
1: <laughs> right. Remember to get the good guys this time. <laughs> he going to remember that. Remember it. Take a picture of it. Because <laughs> when they all said it done, if LeBron started coming to that door and the Steph Currys and Kawhi Leonards, you're going to tell them some of the guns, yeah. Let's go, y'all. Let's try to get these gold medals. Let's make this the fastest um, ten games ever in Olympic history. Let's go ahead and smoke teams. We'll just blow them up. You want to win? I'm not buying that. There's no way I'm buying that. I'm. There's no way I'm buying it. Like what I'm about to tell you next. When I'm not buying, that's why I say this. For, that's why I say this for last. I am not buying Jerry Colangelo antics. He better get out here and kick rocks. <laughs> I, I know Mark has been waiting for me to get to this. i say this for him. I'm going to let him rant about this. So they call this guy Thanos. No, no. First and foremost, we know who Thanos is. And this guy I go by the name of Zion Williams. I quote. Now I said, I quote that Zion said he believes the Pelicans compete for a champion. And the word of Stephen A. Smith, that's Blast <laughs>
0: Man, I mean, young fella, I, I appreciate your confidence, <laughs> but you're <y'all laughs> barely gonna make the playoffs, man. Come on, you like Gilbertina said, you got two moves: dunking and running the transition. How is he? They gonna win the championship? I don't understand. Do we not know that the Clippers got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Do you not know that Anthony Davis is on the Lakers, not the Pelicans? (laughs) I'm trying to figure out who is gassing this. It makes no sense at all that they will be competing for a championship. Like I said, I appreciate the confidence, but y'all better worry about making the playoffs, not winning the championship. Y'all make the playoffs. Y'all, that's a season victory. Like, y'all should have a parade. This man said they're going to win the
1: championship. They're going to compete for a championship. I can't believe it. And it's so funny that he said that, like, he said it with confidence. There's nothing wrong with having confidence, young fella. First <laughs> of all, you got to change your name for Thanos. Who rings? you are taking the lead? Who rings? <laughs> and like Gilbert said, everybody in the league can do what he can do. Do you know I'm going to give you this, uh, this theory. Zion Williamson, people. You hear me out there, everybody? Zion Williamson. is a poor man, Larry Johnson aka grandmama Grandmama. he's a poor man poor man that's
0: and the reason I say he's a
1: poor man is Larry Johnson because when you look at Larry Johnson he's built like that Larry Johnson can shoot he plays defense he runs the floor he can he he go he knows the game you're talking about a guy Zion Williamson in my eyes and I can't and I I can agree with said you had two moves. I'm gonna say he's two well, his two moves is to me, I'm gonna say what it is. I think it is he only can dunk and dunk, <laughs> dunk, and, dunk. and that second and that second dunk is donuts. I, I what I see in Zion, he, he got to get off the floor higher on the jump shot. His when he's shooting the 15 footer and beyond, he's not elevating himself to a higher level. It's almost like he's jumping two or three inches off the ground, he, he's like he's jumping like Larry Bird. He got to realize that, he, like you said, Marcus, I'm, I i got to take this from you. He don't realize he in the West. He <laughs> don't realize he's in the West. You're going to make it some, some true tellers, young man. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, C.J. McCullough, um, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, and, uh, Paul George. This is not going to be an easy walk for you, guys, because teams want you. When, you. when you're a rookie and you're number one draft pick, they want to see, can you really ball out? They want to see it. it like I said, the whole test is, oh, yeah, shut up. We will have to get lead passes folks, we will be glued to the TV like none other. When we want <laughs> and sit down and watch him, I guarantee you that he will be winded. This is a different game. It's not playing college basketball. This is a more fast-paced basketball. Like, college, you can get down and set your success up. And, you know, in the, the NBA, playing like a team like against the Golden State Warriors is a blink of an eye. You know, Draymond Green, and Patrick Beverly, and, as Stephen A. Say in his voice, Patrick Pettbev and Draymond Green can't <laughs> wait to get on the floor with them young boys in New Orleans. They're going to run them off the floor. Exactly. First of all, we don't know what Brandon Ingram would do. We don't know if he's healthy enough to play an NBA game yet. He still is going through blog calls. I know what Drew Holliday could do. You look at it, they got a young team. It's a young team over there. What can they do? They very young.
0: Like, we don't know what Lonzo Ball going to do. We don't know what Brandon Ingram going to do. It's like you
1: know, they got a Jason, lot of
0: question marks on these team.
1: It's going to be a tough road for them. Like I said, I know people going to be mad at me. I don't give a damn. But when you, you got to have confidence in the NBA. But Jesus, he's reaching. He is <laughs> reaching. He is reaching. I know Biggie Small said, sky's the limit. Be what you want. Hear what you want. But I had to bring that man back down to earth.
0: <laughs> Somebody
1: you gonna be disappointed. <laughs> like that TV show with Dela Luis, Dela uh Della, uh Della Reese, touched by Angel, he been touched by a fool because to say something like that. We must have been 2K or something. He got a lot. And Marcus, before before we go, anything new you wanna tell people was going on in this sports world?
0: Man, I don't, I don't got nothing right now. I'm waiting for this for these developments in the NFL to come out, you know. Uh and Antonio Brown news is a bummer to me. Uh uh-huh. But I'm is hearing it, that, it, that there may be, I'm hearing that there may be another accuser out there. So I'm kind of holding okay. tight, hoping, hoping uh it ain't true as well.
1: But we don't see. Cause it, like I said, dang. Mr. Two cell phones himself. My favorite guy on TV, Adam Schefter. If it don't come from him, I don't believe nothing. Everything's a legend. <laughs> it is not, a legend. It's just like that, folks. Until next time, this is your host, Tay Wiggs. This is your co-host, Mark Sin. We out. Peace. Peace. Yay!
0: Thank you for listening to After Hours Live in the Man Cave podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man, Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.